in a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes can cost far more than dollars. One oil and gas sales expert, one HSE professional, and the greatest PPE provider on the planet must come together. Two men, one brand, one mission. Red Wings Oil and Gas HSE Podcast with Mark LaCour and Patrick Pister starts now. Hey, it's Mark LaCour, and this show is for everybody who has an interest in HSE in the oil and gas industry. Brought to you by Red Wing, the leaders in PPE, ensuring your people go home safe every day. And this is episode 12. Joining me today is my sensational co-host, Patrick Pister. How are you doing today, Patrick? Excellent, Mark. How are you? Awesome. And we're sitting here at Oilcom, and we have some guests. We have a Jason, uh, is it Saunders? That's correct. Yeah. And Sharon, uh... Shannon Schur. Shannon Schur. Uh, and, <laughs> and what company are y'all with? We're Scientel Solutions. Scientel Solutions. So uh, I actually reached out to your marketing uh, person, and she was kind enough to get, uh, make y'all volunteers, even though y'all didn't know about it, <laughs> to join us here on the podcast. So welcome aboard. Yeah, Shannon got thrown in at the last second, too. Yeah, she <laughs> thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, Shannon. Yeah, the truth is we were at the booth talking to Jason, and uh, he says, you know, there's Shannon. She knows some of this stuff, too. So we went over there and said, hey, you want to join us on the show? And she said, yeah, sure. <laughs> So, a um, little background. So, we're at OilCom, which is a uh, predominantly a communications conference. It's one of our favorite conferences. Um, and it's, it's centered around what's going on in the oil and gas industry as far as connectivity. And Cytel actually lives in that world, don't they, Jason? That's correct. Yeah. And so, kind of explain a little bit. So, what do y'all do? So, we specialize in wireless communications and, and networking. And we, we do go into the LAN connection as well, but mostly with the wireless connections, point to multi-point systems, point-to-points, um, focusing mostly on the state and local governments, but we've, we've ventured out. And uh, what we what our applications with the state and locals now can be applied to oil and gas industry. Yeah, that's great. So, Shannon, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about real briefly is the fact that uh, in the oil and gas industry, they need connectivity and it needs to be rock solid. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I think the reliability, security is very high on everyone's radar. So I think having that bandwidth readily available, mobility, whether it's remote monitoring, tracking from um, car devices, however they need to do that, it's very applicable here. Yeah. And, and Patrick, we talked, the four of us talked a little bit about how important um, communication is in the HSE world. Things like being able to track where your people are or where your equipment is or your vehicles. And, you know, what happens if you have bad weather rolling in or you know, um, or if you can't find somebody. You know, all that is, like, vital in the HSE world. Yeah, we talked about the not just being the communications, not just being able to talk to people, but to know where all your assets are in the field, especially with inclement weather. weather. Uh, you've got, you know, the risk of tornadoes. You want to know where your people are, where their equipment, are, equipment is. Absolutely. You want to keep them safe, but you also want to know, I think of it too as a mobility perspective, right? So if they move from one site to another, you have to be able to track them, follow them, make sure they're safe. And Jason even mentioned not having to send people out, that you have equipment that'll just automatically communicate gauges. You know, t talk a little bit about that. What what type of assets are communicating back to the office without having to send a per you know, personnel into the field? So I guess... Nowadays, it's that, that coined the Internet of Things. So everything's getting smarter, and you need that network connectivity. So having that ability to be sitting at one central location and looking at the field at these multiple locations and seeing what your meters are reading. If you have video cameras, is, is the facility safe and secure? 
what is the weather going on out there in the pumps and the less you have to send people out in the field not only is it a cost effective but you keep them safe you know less less traffic out in the in the fields or at the sites so th that's where it comes into where having that connectivity helps yeah steve even in this day especially in the frack fields in north america there's still operators out there who measure their production by sending somebody in a truck and poor fred has to go out with a clipboard and go down and write these these meter numbers down and they come back they get key punch in excel and they get emailed somewhere but with the right options and the sensors are already out there right with the right options you can have that automated and your company actually would would make that sensor be able to connect back to the home office provide that communication piece that final last mile that's correct. Yeah, just having that automatically pulled. So again, effective not in, in cost, but time and real-time data, what you're getting back from the field, what you're getting back from your trucks. Yeah, and that's less people in the field, which naturally leads to less uh, lost time instances. So what are y'all seeing right now from the clients that you currently have or that you're going after? Is it that they don't have this technology at all, or are you upgrading existing, old, outdated technology? Upgraded old technology uh, company had come to us because they they're their new meters and gauges are, are now have the ethernet interface well how do they do that how do we get a wireless connection in there when the trucks are in the field the trucks pull in at the end of the night and they're running cat five <laughs> cables out from the trailer and plugging so now you have cat fives running across your parking lot into these trucks and i'm sure that they replace those on a regular basis right <laughs> so it's the it's getting that connectivity there Sometimes it's also a quick deployment. So when you go to fiber or cable companies or whatever that looks like, the time to get that up and readily available isn't always an option. So a lot of times in the emergency world, you know, they've got to move cameras from one location to another or they have to have some kind of connectivity at a very rapid speed, and that's where we can come in and really deploy that at a hey, rapid matter. When you don't have the time to build that infrastructure, and some of these are just mobile, they're up there for few weeks and then they move on to the next site so what are you going to put all the infrastructure and cost into running conduit and fiber to get these ne uh, network connectivity yeah, and the turnaround time on these new land rigs is it's pretty fast between wells yeah yeah i mean this fits perfect in the oil and gas industry right so we have a bunch of, of mechanical parts and pieces they're being moved around from site to site and uh, keeping our people safe is the number one job out there so it's actually a, yeah, i didn't think about the infrastructure build time but you're right it's um your your company's ability to deploy large uh, scale wireless infrastructure means that probably literally in days you could you could mesh out a site and have connectivity going for somebody yeah and cover a, ra uh, a radius of a few miles so you ever have trucks combing an area for surveying um, you can keep track of the trucks and get real-time data back but you cover three miles yeah and it's real quick and easy to pop up you're talking about maybe a day or two you're there yeah and we were, we were actually Patrick and I were talking about connectivity in the oil and gas industry on the walk up here to set up so in the Gulf of Mexico, there's actually a fiber loop uh, laid down by Shell, Royal Dutch Shell, a long time ago, and it's been sold two or three times. And what they'll do with that fiber loop is on a production platform, they'll pop up and they'll, they'll do a mic couple microwave shots to nearby rigs so they can, can talk. But that's a luxury that the U.S. has. Most of the world uses um, VSAT, which is, um, uh, doesn't have a lot of bandwidth, has latency. Um, but you're, you're able to come in and put some high bandwidth uh, microwave shots in and then connect it back to wherever it needs to be connected. So you actually could increase the bandwidth on these rigs, which then drives safety because now they can be do more modern than they can do with a, a, a very low bandwidth VSAT connection. Correct. So you can do the, the bigger bandwidth packets like video, video systems. Video, yeah. Which is which may tell you more more than just simple data bits like what's the readings on the on the meters 
Yeah. And that physical security is also real big in this industry. I mean, you don't want people walking into an operating oil rig at night, you, you know, <laughs> or, or a pipeline company or in a refinery. So, so once again, you know, having that connectivity so you can have the right security systems, right intrusion monitors, video cameras is, is, is just vital. Very vital. How are you seeing, you said you do a lot of work with municipalities, you know, police and firemen. How are you seeing the transition into oil and gas? Does oil and gas want it done faster, more reliable than the local governments? Or because you're dealing with emergency response units, it's the opposite. The oil and gas doesn't quite care that it's up as fast. Yeah, when you're looking at public safety, they don't want to put a cap on that financial-wise. So usually they find the budget. If this is going to keep one one officer safe or one civilian safe or be able to provide services, I mean, that's easy to get it past any council. Um, so they're really quick, and that's a main focus for them. Oil and gas, uh, usually it's bottom line. Like, where, where are they going to get their return on investment on that? And that's yeah, where you come in. Especially with, right now. It yeah, <laughs> and I think that's where you come in with showing that you can reduce production time or be more efficient. You can have one guy monitoring multiple different sites. And you'll have to run them out to these meters or these uh, remote substations or hey Jason, quick question because I, I was just thinking about this and I was thinking about scale. Um, how long can you do a microwave shot for like a mile wise? Mile wise based on the, the bandwidth and the frequency we've we've done 12 miles, 15 miles but I've heard 25 miles 30 so it yeah. depends on what your what your bandwidth you want, what frequencies are available. Yeah and then so so you literally could put a station every 25 miles and if somebody wanted to connectivity 100 miles in the middle of the wilderness you could make it happen. Oh yeah. Yeah that's yeah. kind of cool actually <laughs> if you think about that. And having reliability that equals any carrier class, you know, with the AT&T's and Verizon's what they can provide and we can do that um, with microwave with uh, hot standby radios or loops or rings so you have you have the reliability and wireless communications coming up i think most people realize it's it is a um a reliable source of data communications before you even over hard line yeah well even even the the carriers the at&t's and the um uh, you know the uh, the cable companies they use microwave shots in their system i know that for a fact um, um they use microwave uh, uh, quite often especially it's, it's cheaper like going through mountain ranges or whatever so it's been around it's been tried tested for years i did communications in the marine corps and so i'm actually somewhat familiar with um you know old 450 repeaters and uh, microwave sh setting up microwave shots yeah yeah <laughs> so um so if i don't want to go too deep in the technology but one of the things I do want to talk about is when you build something called a mesh network. And Jason, you want to explain what a mesh network is? So a mesh network, you have many nodes talking to each other. Uh, so you have one failure, it, it finds another route. Uh, so instead of doing a single linear, you point A through Z. You know, A talks to B, talks to D, talks to E, and everyone's talking to each other. So if, if you have failure, the redundancy is there, and you don't lose that connection. Yeah, and so that, in, especially in the pipeline world and the refinery world, um, they tend to uh, want to control their own communications because they don't want failure. But if you came in with a wireless meshed network, there is no single point of failure, right? That network would stay up unless somebody intentionally cut it off. So I just kind of want to bring that up to our audience. It's like if you're in a refinery, or a pipeline and you're still running your own 450 repeater and, and you want to you're doing that because you're worried about the reliability because you have to have communications to your people no matter what there's newer technologies out there that can give you that reliability and at the same time give you much more usability than, a, than an old 452 channel radio absolutely <laughs> yeah, no, great. we were totally. nodding our heads yeah. <laughs> so so shannon it's um, one of the things i'm curious in is that you're out there trying to do business development um in in oil and gas um, is has it? Do you run across that we've never done that before? 
Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. There's and, no other way to say it, but yes. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate in, in our industry that that's a reason for people not to look at new stuff. Um, the world's changing. This industry's fundamentally changing because of technology. And uh, technology companies like Cytel are, are going to play a very important part in this industry in the future. Whether they, whether the people you're talking to now want, believe it or not, it will happen. It, it will. And it's, to Jason's point, it does become an ROI. But when you build it around safety and time of these folks that are out in the field and how that looks, and it's just building a model to show them where they can save and make that work. So it's, it's going to be a tough market to kind of change the mindset of that, but I believe the applications and what's coming out there is going to drive that. So it will, we'll be in a great position to be there to support them yeah. through that. Yeah. So it, we talked about this in an earlier show, but, um, I just came back from speaking at the Internet of Things and Oil and Gas Conference. Just the fact that there was an Internet of Things conference and Oil and Gas tells you things That's are huge. changing. Yeah, yeah. It's um. So it's yeah. It's definitely happening, and y'all y'all will play an important part in that. Patrick, I think it's about time for our Red Wing Tip of the Week. Red Wing Safety Tip of the Week. Um, we talked about carrying tools like a, a flashlight when you're on a remote site, on an oil rig, or even an office building. And another tool I want to talk about is uh, a multi-tool or uh, simple channel locks. Four-inch long set of channel locks was something you, I could easily stick in my pocket, but you wouldn't believe how many times it came in handy. Shackle keys, this, that, and the other. You gotta have a tool for. If you don't, you're going to be messing around with your fingers, slip, pinch, whatever. But just having a small multi-tool on you, and I've got a, a knife and a multi-tool on me at all times, it'll save your bacon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very useful. That's, that's actually very true. It's I, I carry multi-tool not only with me, but also carry one in all my vehicles because you never know when you're going to need that. Absolutely. And there's nothing more dangerous than trying to use the wrong tool for the job. That's right. Yeah. All right, so Jason, I want to come back to you for a second. It's um one of the things that I find fascinating about, about what you do is that you don't really care what the hardware is, right? You're, you're, you can get any, any piece of equipment to talk to any other piece of equipment. You, you can put that middle layer of connectivity there, right? Yes, that's correct. And finding the right fit for what the customer needs and what they need to. So is it latency is it an issue or is it bandwidth? We have that ability to to look at many different products out there and see how do we piece this together. And yeah, let me back you up. So some of our listeners may not know this. What is latency? Uh, latency is the speed of the the signal you're getting to get your your data. So how fast can that signal get there? Right, and so the, the latency is actually kind of measuring that delay of the that delay of, that, of yes. the data getting there. And some applications, some software, are very sensitive to latency, and some aren't. Right? Yeah, it's uh, some of the older analog systems are, are very latency based they're, they're sending a response and they want it within a certain amount of time frame and if it's outside that window it gets thrown away and you'll never get received that data yeah and then you talked about bandwidth explain bandwidth bandwidth is how much data you can you can send at one given time yeah so i think about it as a pipe the more bandwidth you have the bigger that pipe is the more stuff you can push through it yeah so um back to the the connecting anything um, you have a whole host of tools at your disposal. And, and by the way, Jason's a project manager. I wanted to mention that earlier. So he actually make he, the sales team goes and sells stuff. And then, unfortunately, Jason has to go actually implement it. Have to make it work. <laughs> yeah. um, have to make it reality. Make it reality and make the customer happy all at the same time. So you have this whole tool chest of different technologies to, to um, uh, make things talk. So we talked about long microwave shots. But if somebody wanted a very secure, uh, just robust Wi-Fi network on on top of that microwave shot, y'all do that as well. Yes, so once you get the backhaul in, it's a great thing about Ethernet is 
now you can you can do your video systems or you you do your surveillance or your alarming um, or your meter reading so you can add anything onto the end of that so we'll, we'll get that through point to multi-point systems or point even point to point um, and we can mix in wired connections too yeah and so Shannon that must be really good for you to be able to come in and know that you can just do it all from from beginning to end it is. I've, I've worked for a manufacturer my whole career, so being with an integrator and doing what we do is very exciting because I can't, I don't have to say no. <laughs> I get to say yes. How can we help you? Yeah, and and I, w- I want to continue on that because you talked about the oil and gas industry not, or they're a little behind. So what, what's the main pushback that you get when you try and show what your services can and the connectivity that you have? I get, and I think it's a dollar figure, right? What value do they see in that and how they're going to make that work? So, so their other options would be just, we'll just use a national carrier. We, we're not too concerned with our remote locations. Is that kind of the... I bet they run into, we do it ourselves already, a lot. They do that. We, they do it themselves already, or they can make it happen with its, whether it's a carrier or that local area. But again, I think it's having that leverage to be mobile, mobility as well as just the depth of what they can touch and and yeah well so i i actually know that world quite well um they have their own communication departments right which typically manages telco and if they have a radio environment managers radio environment um, sometimes they'll have their own internal communications network right but it's 20 or 30 years old Um, it's not secure anymore right people can hack into that but they don't know that yet i mean so the challenge that that your company faces and that Shannon you face is being able to find that person that will take them in and see. So not only the cost of what you do, but what is the cost of what they're doing now? And what is the cost of not changing? You know, what happens if somebody hacks a pipeline and causes an environmental spill? That's way more than what your solution would be. Right. And you, and you ask that question, right? I mean, what would that cost you? And right there, it's it's paid for itself. You know, a lot of the markets and, and different other, even outside of oil and gas, is, are looking at managed services. You know, how, what does that look to the, like? They don't they don't have all this upfront cash. You know, and we've talked about the oil and gas. They do have upfront cash when they have it. So it's just a matter of positioning and understanding where their risks are, so we can bring in uh, the solutions to these last mile more remote locations i think you get the older technology which is probably simpler to use so it's easier to train these guys that have been on this so now you have the new technology and it kind of scares them what what was involved in maintaining this how easy is it coming to we get our guys trained how receptive are they going to be to figure out how to run this do we have to sub this out so here's the upfront cost of building the system but what do we have to do to maintain this and i think that's where they're just slow behind they don't realize how easy it is to to maintain these or um it's actually easier you you ever have to worry about tuning a 450 (laughs) i mean it's physically you have to know what you're doing where this is all done with software yeah it's um this industry hates change and that's what you're running into is that you're bringing in change this industry hates it but we love simple solutions but we do love simple (laughs) solutions that's for sure and there's new technology for them on the rig side so that's going to force that connectivity what you know better latency rates whatever that looks like those kind of applications are what's going to drive the need to move forward oh i'm seeing it now i'm seeing it with especially on land rigs um, there's so much um, productivity to be gained by automating a lot of stuff by actually looking at big data analytics the problem is usually you drill oil in the middle of nowhere and there's no connectivity there is no at&t right there's no wi- um, wi-fi um, so um, you know what you do fits perfectly in that world right there right right exactly. yeah yep 
So, Mark, let's talk about the winner for this week. Who got our awesome Red Wing offshore bag? Congratulations, Katie Garza with Lissy Energy Enterprises. She's a managing partner. You have won this week's awesome Red Wing offshore bag. So congratulations. This is one of the Paige. Page wants a bag. <laughs> yeah, we have Paige Wilson here, our project manager. So if you'd like to win one of these awesome Red Wing offshore bags, it's really simple. No purchase necessary. See official site for rules and details. You go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Put your information in there. We draw one lucky winner a week, and hopefully it will be you. So before we close this thing up, just a couple quick questions. It's um, Jason, it's... Um, You've implemented a lot of this. You've built a lot of this stuff out there. What is one of the gitches that, that companies may not think of when they're looking to implement this type of communications structure? Understanding the technology and partnering up with uh, a company that, that can understand it for them and, and take, take the worries and how do we use this and, and just trust in a company that can get what you need done. Yeah, and that you'd want that company not to be attached to any hardware manufacturer, right? So they could make sure they bring the the best um, process and solution to you for your particular needs. Yes, you can customize the, your needs to your network to what you need and not have all that extra outside. Why am I going to spend on this major capacity radio when there's other ones I could do low bandwidth and, and you don't need to pay that extra cost and, and factoring that in there. So make it a more effective and not only cost effective. A tailored you. solution. A tailored to solution, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Shannon, from, from your point of view, what is something that companies need to think about if they're starting to go down this route and realize they need um, a custom communication solution? I think they need a company like Scientel to come in and help walk them through that process and then show them the solutions that we could deploy, where it's going to fit and where it's going to make them successful, protecting the assets that they have out in the field. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. So if somebody wanted to learn more about Scientel, um, where should they go? They can go to www.scientelsolutions.com. Yeah, and we'll put a link in the show notes so people don't have to be writing anything down. So, Mark, you want to tell us about the LinkedIn group? Yeah, if you're a fan of this show or if you're just listening to the show, either way, go join our LinkedIn group. It's a great uh, source of all the new stuff that we're doing that Patrick and I are doing. It's a source for uh, information for all the new shows that are coming out. It's called Oil & Gas Global Network. I believe you just type in OGGN into LinkedIn. We come up. Uh, we're past 1,500 members and growing fast. Go take the couple minutes to sign up. You'll be glad you did. It's a great community. Everybody, everybody's there to help everybody else. So go join and be part of the community. Yeah, and so the next thing, reviews. Please, 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 if you're listening to this and you enjoyed it, or if you didn't enjoy it, either way, can you give us a couple minutes of your time and leave us a review? This is a new show, and we're trying to climb the ranks in the search engines and in iTunes, and the best way that you can help us do that is by leaving us a review. And Patrick, we actually got some reviews. We have quite a few, actually, 17 or so now. Yeah, so I'll read a couple of them off by uh, Sanito Dog one listening to the podcast between locations while doing field work. Great information. Thank, guys. And then uh, KW Cyclist, uh, I like the fact that you can subscribe to a podcast and hear information about HS&E relevant to the oil and gas market. Nice job. And then uh, uh, LEO42812, nice name there. Uh, great podcast, very informative for any listener, even non-oil and gas workers. And we have a whole bunch of them. So uh, give us a review. Um, we'll try to get in the habit at the end of the show to actually give a shout-out and read your review online. So if you want us to read your review, <laughs> you have to enter one. So please do. I want everybody to give Mark a hand because he read those reviews with half his glasses at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to get a picture of that in the show notes. So we're, you know, we're sitting at Oilcom and we're unpacking everything and I dropped my glasses and I stepped on them. But I have to wear them so <laughs> you, you, can visual, you can probably imagine what it looks like. But it worked. 
And then finally, um, please, can you help us uh, by spreading the word? It's a, if you have friends, coworkers, relatives, um, people in your church group, whatever, let them know about the show. If they have an interest in HSE, we would appreciate you doing that. Yeah, please, please, please share. Yep. So, Patrick, think you're ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it, Mark. Yeah, so, folks, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. Y'all be safe out there. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Red Wings Oil and Gas HSC Podcast, a production of the Global Oil and Gas Network. Learn more from Mark LaCour at modalpoint.com. Connect with Patrick Pister at leanoilfield.com. From Houston to London to Dubai and beyond. What's one of the things that you run into a lot that people don't think of when they're starting to implement something like this? Right, you want to think That's about right. That's right. Yeah. He doesn't know because he thinks of all well, of them. He, so, he has uh, yeah, all the I answers. So I, <laughs> That's my job, right? To find out all the answers. So.